Blog Talk Radio. I don't hear anything. Uh, it quit. It usually <laughs> has. It usually has something else. We'll go to my intro music. Welcome to the Le- to the Lena Nelson Dooley Show. Uh, today, I have with me. What is going on? Our music. Our music has gone crazy. Today, I have with me. What is going on? All right. I want to welcome uh, uh, Peg, Peg Thomas. She just got here. Um, listeners, things are being strange, and probably the reason is because does someone does someone have their TV turned up? I mean, their computer turned up. Please turn it down. Okay. Uh, or we could be having problems because of, I, you know, I experienced the last, uh, for for a whole day, no no internet, uh, no home phone, and uh, so I'm not, maybe everything isn't really fixed all right. But, well, now we're not having that. Okay. Welcome to the Lena Nelson Dooley Show, and I am so excited to introduce to you uh some of the most of the authors of the uh, Great Lakes um, Lighthouse Brides novella collection from Barber Publishing. It is releasing on November 1st, and I know we're all excited about it. And I'm going to introduce different ones to you in, in uh, the, the order is just the order in which I got to the information that you sent me. Uh, I'm going to give the bios first, and then we will talk about our stories. Candace Sue Patterson studied at the Institute of Children's Literature and is an active member of American Christian Fiction Writers. She lives in Indiana with her husband and three sons in a restored farmhouse overtaken by books. Oh, I understand that. My my kids and my husband call my house the Dooley Library. <clears throat> when she's not tending to the chickens, splitting wood, or decorating cakes, she's working on a new story. Candace writes modern vintage romance where the past and present collide with faith. And for more on Candace and her books, visit www.candace.com. Candace, uh, uh, what is the title of your story in the book? My story is Beneath a Michigan Moon. 
didn't quite understand that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, My story is Beneath a Michigan Moon. Beneath a Michigan Moon. That sounds wonderful. We'll come back to that. (laughs) And then uh, Peg Thomas lives on a hobby farm in northern Michigan with Michael, her husband of years, and they raise sheep and chickens, keep a few barn cats, and Murphy the Spoiled Rotten Dog. A lifelong history geek, she writes history with a touch of humor. Peg is published in the Barber Historical Romance Collections. She also works as managing editor for Smitten Historical Romance, an imprint of Lighthouse Publishing of the Carolinas. When not working or writing, Peg can be found in her barn, her garden, her kitchen, or sitting at her spinning wheel, creating yarn to turn into her signature wool shawls. Peg, I have looked at your wool shawls when you put them up on uh, Facebook, and they are awesome. I just wish I wasn't allergic to wool. I would, I would get you to make me one, but I'm allergic. I'm allergic to wool. Have been all my. We found out my mother. Uh, no, it was after my mother died. I, I my stepmother made. I was uh, my mother died when I was seven, and my stepmother made me and my little sister matching Easter dresses out of gold wool with. And it had kind of purple um, embroidery around on it. And that's when I found out I was allergic to wool. And I have been since. If I, if I don't have something between the wool and my skin, I'm in trouble. <laughs> okay, Peg, what's the title of your, your novella? My novella is Anna's Tower. Anna's and Tower. Yes, and I was lucky to be the first one in the book this time. I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun, isn't it? That's always with, fun to be the first first one in the book. With the last name of Thomas, I'm generally dead last. But this time I yeah. got to be first, and I thought that was fun. Yeah, that is fun. And now we have Rebecca Jepson, and she's a homebody who loves a good book, a cup of freshly ground coffee, all Things Autumn, this is your time of the year, and of course writing. Her particular passion is for stories that weave together romance, family, and faith. She made her writing debut in January 2016 with a highbrow hoodwink, a novella included in the ECPA bestseller, The Lassoed by Marriage Romance Collection. Her debut novella was followed by a historical romance novel included in the popular My Heart Belongs series by Barber Publishing. Rebecca lives in Reno, Nevada with her husband, Mike. I think it's wonderful how we live all over the country and we did it together. Uh, so, Rebecca, what is your the title of your book? Safe Haven. Oh, say it again. Safe Haven. Okay, okay. Um, And then the last, well, not the last because I'm the last. The next author is Marilyn, and uh, she writes historical fiction flavored with suspense and romance. That's good. I had a little suspense in mine, too. Multi-published author Marilyn Turk calls herself a literary archaeologist because she loves to discover stories hidden in history. 
Her World War II novel, The Gilded Curse, won a Silver Scroll Award. When readers asked what happened to the characters after the book, Marilyn wrote the sequel, Shadowed by a Spy. Her, her four-book Coastal Lights Legacy series, Rebel Light, Revealing Light, Redeeming Light, and Rekindled Light, feature Florida lighthouse settings. So you're doing lighthouses in various parts of the country. In addition, Marilyn's novella, The Wrong Survivor, is is this, this is the title of her one in The Great Lakes Lighthouse Brides. I will have to admit, I have not read all the other even though I got the book, what did we get our books last week? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I haven't read it yet. It's right there, <laughs> and I plan to do it soon. I'm. Tr- I've been trying to get another book up on on the uh, Amazon in the print. I have the uh, the ebook up, and it's been. We're we're ha- having trouble. I think today maybe I'll get it up and it'll stay. Um. She regular. She's a regular contributor to Heroes, Heroines, and History blog, as well as the Christian Read blog. Uh, and Marilyn is the director of the Blue Lake Christian Writers Retreat. Ooh, that sounds like fun. She lives in the Panhandle of Florida, where she and her husband enjoy boating, fishing, and playing tennis when time permits, and it's below 100 degrees. Uh, her website is at http colon forward slash forward slash pathwayheart all one word dot com and if you want at the end I'll let you know y'all can give your emails or whatever you want to give because and by the way we're we will be here an hour instead of half an hour I usually do half hour shows but with this many authors we wanted to have us a little more time and of course I am the uh, the other author that we have on the show today I'm a uh, multi-published author and I've had more than 900,000 copies of my book sold I'm a member of ACFW and the local chapter ACFW DFW, which is Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm a member of Christian Authors Network and Gateway Church in South Lake, Texas. I've been on the ECPA and the CBA bestseller list. Uh, ECPA with, I, I think, about three books we've had on there that are these Barber novella collections. And uh, one, uh, Mountain Christmas Brides uh, in 20. 16, I think, yeah, in 20, or maybe it was 2017, I get them mixed up. We stayed on the ECPA bestseller list more than one month. And we were also on the Publishers Weekly bestseller list for five weeks with that uh, mountain. I, that's, I didn't even, I didn't even know that there was a Publishers Weekly bestseller list until our book got on there. And <laughs> I, I, huh? Did y'all know? I, I no? didn't, but I just chuckled when you said it because that's the way we learn, right? We get on something and we learn it's there. Yeah, we yeah. learn it's there. <laughs> and uh, I've been on several Amazon bestseller lists as well as one of the t- reviewers' top ten books of 2011. I've won more than a dozen major awards, and I just feel like each award that I, I get is a gift from God. I just really do. Um, and he, 
he blesses me that way. He lets, it's, it's just, a, it's been special. And, of course, I host the Lena Nelson Dooley Show on the Along Came a Writer Blog Talk Radio Network. And, by the way, all of our shows become free podcasts on iTunes. And if you ever want to look for any of our shows, you go to iTunes and you click on podcast and you put in the Along Came a Writer Network and all of our shows will show up and you can search for the shows you want to listen to. Um, and my my uh, story in, in the uh, series, I mean, in the collection, is The Disappearing Ship. Um, I don't know. It seems like when I'm in collections or I always, I mean, if it's a series of novels, then I'm one of the novels, or if it's a ser- uh, collect novella collections, I just get a quirky idea that's a little bit different from what the others are going for, I think. I don't know. All right. Um, we'll go back and we'll talk to Candace now. Tell us about uh, your your novella. Well, my story, Beneath a Michigan Moon, is set in 1885 at the new Presque Isle Lighthouse on Lake Huron. Uh, the heroine, Ava Ryan, is tending the lighthouse on a trial basis after her father passes away unexpectedly. <clears throat> With no one uh, to turn to and nowhere else to go, she's doing everything she can to secure her position. The hero, Benjamin Colfax, shows up at the lighthouse, wanting to climb the tower to determine his crew's best cutting route. However, Ava doesn't want to, the group of rowdy loggers to realize that she's there alone. Uh, Benjamin, though, wants to know what secrets the intriguing lightkeeper is hiding. Um, lots of sparks fly. Uh, there's a witty banner between the two characters. Um, I feel like it's a fun story. That sounds like a really fun story. Um, uh, I, I, I look forward to reading our book. <laughs> have any of you all read the whole book? I have. No, I'm, I'm reading working that. on it. I'm, I'm reading that. I ha- huh? I said I'm One reading text story right now. Okay. Okay. Well, I I'm a day behind now, so it'll probably it'll probably be toward the end of the week before I get to read the book because I'm doing catch up on things. Um, imagine yourself doing without internet and a home phone for a whole day when you have a lot of things to do and everything is on your internet. I mean, on your, you know, uh, your, most of the information I needed was in my uh, online mail, email, uh, either Gmail or the other one. So I could do nothing, nothing, (laughs) except walk around the house and um, uh, ever so often check again to see. I finally did get in touch with someone, and they gave me some information. One time I stayed on, I stayed on hold for like 45 minutes, and and then I gave up. So, how would you feel if you didn't have internet connection or a phone for a full day? Very frustrating. Yeah. 
that that is the truth that's for sure okay peg <laughs> tell us about your story okay first let me say i would be the one who would love not having internet for a full day uh, my idea of getting away from it all is camping in areas where there is no wireless. <laughs> well, I actually like I, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't mind not having internet if it wasn't a work day and I had three major projects to do that needed well, there is to be that. done. Huh? There, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to have to uh, contact uh, some people that. Like I was supposed to put them up on my blog, or I was, you know, or I was supposed to do other things. So I'm, I'm going to have to get them contacted and uh, make amends. And uh, the first thing I did today was to create our show because I was going to create our show yesterday. It takes a little while to create the show, and I was like, oh my goodness! So I got up early today and hit the ground running. Okay, Peg, tell us about your story. Uh, My story is set on Thunder Bay Island, which is almost in my backyard. It's just off uh, the coast of uh, Thunder Bay in Alpena County, Michigan, which is where I live. And it's Uh one of the lighthouses that you cannot go visit because there's no way to get there from here. Um, Unless you happen to own a boat big enough to handle Lake Huron, and even then, there's no dock anymore. So you can sail past it, uh, but you can no longer get to it. Uh, but I was wow. able to make a contact with the Preservation Society of Thunder Bay Island, and I'm hoping next summer one of them who has a boat and a, ability to get me there um, will take me out to visit it in person. And my story oh, wow. is set there and starts with the wreck of the James Davidson, which was a, um, an actual freighter that wrecked right off the island. Uh, it was a wreck in which all hands survived. And so I made my hero a stowaway on the James Davidson, and that's what wound him uh, marooned on the island. Oh, how fun. How fun. Yeah, I, I like, like to take I, real history that way and weave yes. my story around real historical events. I, I, I like that, too. Uh, I'm as you know I'm work doing research for another collection and what I what I'm doing is uh, I found something very very interesting when I was looking for a ranch to put my story on and uh so we it's it's going to be dropped right down into the middle of this very interesting piece of in, of uh, history uh, in Texas, so that'll be fun. Okay, I'm Rebecca. To that already. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, Re- Rebecca, tell us yes. about your story. My story is set in 1892 at the old Mission Point Lighthouse. It's about uh, a young woman named Rose Miller who takes over as lighthouse keeper when her grandfather, who he was a former keeper passes away. Just before he dies, he shocks her by telling her he isn't really her grandfather, but that he found her on the lighthouse steps when she was an infant. Wow. And the only clues, yeah, the only clues as to how she came to be there were these little child-sized footprints in the sand and a hair ribbon caught in the bushes. 
So um, he warns her not to tell anyone and says he has a bad, always had a bad feeling about investigating too much into her past. But she she wants to to see if she has a family out there somewhere. So uh, she kind of launches a secret mission to search for answers, and um, it's really hard to keep keep her quest a secret, and especially from Steamship Captain Nathan Perry, a friend of her grandfather's, who insisted on staying in Mission Point to help her through her first winter. Oh, I can hardly wait. <laughs> that that sounds <laughs> very very interesting too. Uh, Thank you. Hey, I think we probably did a really good job on this book. <laughs> Don't y'all? Okay, Marilyn. Nice. Tell us about you. Huh? Marilyn? Nice. Oh, okay. Yes. Can uh, you hear me? Yeah, t- yeah. Tell us about your story. Okay. Well, my story is set at the Osaba Lighthouse, and... Um, and I, I wrote this in the book in the back bit of my story. And I am the last one, by the way, Peg, my, the way my uh, name is T-U-R-K. Um, but um, my, a few years ago, we live in Florida, as you might have heard, in Florida Panhandle. And so um, we, we love lighthouses, and we like to see them. And we knew that Michigan had more lighthouses any other state in the union so we wanted to go see as many as we could so we embarked on a mission to do that and we we went up the west coast of the lower peninsula and crossed over into the up and then went along the northern uh, coast of the up and um when I saw the Osaba Lighthouse, I mean, it was just breathtaking because you had to hike through woods to get to it because, of course, there aren't roads that take you to it. And um, it opened, the woods open out into this clearing that just overlooked Lake Superior and some of the, um, the sand dunes there. The, what do you call that park? I just forgot. Um, and um, the pictured rocks. Lakeshore is what they call that park now. It's part of a national park now. But there are two, it's the most, one of the most intact keepers, lighthouse stations I've ever seen because almost all the buildings are there, including two lighthouse keepers' houses that are red brick. So uh, it was a very remote location like most of them were. But my story is um, the there's the keeper's family that has a daughter. And then there's the assistant keeper's family that has two sons. So the daughter is growing up with these two boys, their friends, their playmates. They get older, and the two boys, the one of them convinces the older one to go um, out on a ship and work on a freighter. And in the meantime, um, well, before that, he had left one time, and the other brother and the girl, uh, the daughter of the keeper had become closer, and they had decided that that they were in love and wanted to get married. So when the other brother comes back, he discovers that this has happened, and he convinces his brother to go back with him out on the freighter before he gets married, like one final fling. So while they're out, there's a shipwreck. The engaged brother dies, is killed in the shipwreck, but the brother the other brother survives. He comes back. So here she is. She's really upset. 
that, she's grieving. She's angry, like you go through grief, that quite often happens. She's angry because it happened. She's angry because her fiancé is around, and she's angry at the person who survived, like it's his fault. Of course, it wasn't his fault. And he's bearing the grief of his brother's loss and also feeling guilty because he survived. So um, the two of them used to be great friends, though, and, you know, she cared for him before he ever left. But now there's this barrier of, um, you know, unforgiveness where that yeah. she harbors him for surviving. So um, yeah. we have to break through that wall to recreate the, the relationship they used to have when they were friends and they really cared for each other and actually had you know, feelings for each other years before, but never let anyone, never revealed. So we had to work through that to um, bring them back together again. Well, that... That that sounds like a really good story, too. You know, uh, girls, I think one of the hardest things about writing a novella is that uh, you, you don't have as much of a chance to do a deep POV uh, character development. Right. You can do you can mm-hmm. do some, you know. I I wrote a lot of novellas uh, for a while there with Barbara, and then when my my first full-length novel sold, then I I so I did full-length novels for several years, and going back to writing um, novellas. It's hard. I think it's even hard. You know, people will think, well, how, it's hard to write a full-length novel. No, it's not nearly as hard as it is to write a novella because you you have a certain uh, word count that you have to stay within, and uh, uh, so you if you have a very complicated story, then you you aren't able to go quite as deep into some of the emotional things that it would it would I would like to go into that's one of the one of the things that some reviewers mention about novel, my novella stories is well I didn't feel like this character was developed you know because there were so many things that had to happen you can't do that um, my story is called The uh, Disappearing Ship, and uh, actually my uh, tagline is, for Nelson Dooley, is characters who grip your heart. And when people were get, doing taglines on their, their uh, signatures, I, I said, what tag would I have got? And he just dropped it into my heart. And I do write uh, believable characters. And, and uh, I've had a lot of people mention that. But then some people in the novellas, they have a hard time with the fact that they have to be so tight. My my lighthouse is the White Fish Point lighthouse on Lake Sphere. And Marilyn um, Peg 
was so helpful to me because she kept sent, she sent me a lot of pictures, and uh, the Whitefish Point Lighthouse is has has I think all of the buildings are standing there, aren't they? Peg? Quite a few of the original yes, quite a few of the original buildings are still there. Yeah, because the pictures you sent me it showed a lot, uh, and. Of course, it's on Lake Superior, and from the Whitefish Point to the wet to the west along the lake the uh, uh, Lake Superior along that coastline is it's called the graveyard of ships because so many ships have uh, sunk in that area. Uh, for about, I think it goes for about 80 miles there and to the west, what's called Graveyard of the Ships. And I used that. Now, uh, Peg helped me a lot with pictures. I did order, because uh, I'm not in Michigan, and but I did lots of research, and I, I ordered books on Amazon. I didn't know if you knew you could do this. Amazon all, almost always has books that uh, uh, on specific sites, and I, I got a book. One of them came from a historical society that was a, that had all historical things about the Whitefish Point uh, Lighthouse. My, my book takes place in 1902. And it's uh, course, on the lighthouses on the Great Lakes. Uh, they were they're only needed for a certain season, and during the the really really cold season where the device there's not shipping, or there wasn't at that time, on uh, the on the Great Lakes. And uh, my heroine is a. Uh, She's the niece of uh, the lockkeeper at that time. I even I even found a place that had a list of all the lighthouse keepers and when they were there and that kind of thing. So I was able to use uh, the real names of the lighthouse keepers, uh, the assistant lighthouse keeper. They had a, a lighthouse keeper, a first assistant, a second assistant lighthouse keeper who had all of those names. Uh, and since I could not find any rest to the children of the lighthouse keeper at that time, I uh, created a niece. And uh, she had, when her parents were killed or died, they she came to live in the lighthouse with her aunt, uncle and aunt. And uh, she had... Her her dream was to become a doctor, and you know, at at that time, some medical schools were admitting women, but they had a hard time being able to practice because uh, a lot of people wouldn't accept them. And uh, one of her uh, uncle's friends from Chicago had uh, had her come into his practice 
but she never got to practice medicine. She not, you know, the, none of the men would let her uh, examine them, and even the women wouldn't. And so she is returning to the lighthouse, feeling defeated because she did not get to be a doctor. And so she was. She's coming back to be with her aunt and uncle. Her aunt, her uncle happens to be gone at that time, because of a, a family emergency uh, out of state. And so she. She actually, uh, the hero is a. Uh, he and his father own a shipping business and their ships go back and forth uh up on from uh like Michigan up to uh, like superior where where there's or uh, uh mines and where there's uh logging and uh, i we we did i we put in physical uh historical towns that were that are no longer there i mean i put in a historical town that it became a ghost town but now it's it is completely it was a logging town and it's completely gone but there was a uh a ships did dock there uh uh more with packet boats you know that went across to deliver things but she's she comes on the boat and at the same time this man comes on the boat and uh, it's coming because he had received a message that w- one of his ships had not reached the destination, and uh, he received a telegram that it had uh, been sunk in the graveyard of uh, of the ship on the Lake Superior. Well, uh, they want to try to find the ship and maybe get uh, things from the ship, one particular thing that he must, must, must have or else his business will be in trouble. And so um, they end up uh, being together because he needs her doctoring. He He gets injured and he needs her doctoring and Anyway, a lot of things happen. Fall in love. <laughs> I don't want to give away too much. It's a story. But the, the ship disappeared, uh, but not the way that he had been told. Okay. Uh, would each of you like to give, uh, say, tell something to our uh, listeners for any kind of contact information beyond what I gave uh, Candace. Um, you can always find me on Facebook under Candace Sue Patterson uh, slash author. Um, I also have a website where I do book reviews uh, Candace oh, cool. dot blogspot.com. Uh, the title of that blog is um, Hobby Farmer by Day, Author by Night. Cool. <laughs> cool. Peg, what about um, you? I am on Goodreads and Pinterest as well. Oh, okay, excuse me. I didn't I didn't realize you weren't. Oh, no, through. you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Yeah. 
so good look for look for on Pinterest and uh, Goodreads also. Peg, what about you? I'm easy to find at pegthomas.com. Um, Peg is spelled with two G's, P-E-G-G-T-H-O-M-A-S. And on Facebook, I'm Peg Thomas, the only one with two G's. Makes that easy. <laughs> and on How my blog, you... there will be links to everything else. So, Cool, cool. And and listeners, you want to look them up because these people are interesting people. Okay, Rebecca? The best way to contact me is through my website, which is www.rebeccajepson.com. And I have a contact page there, and I, I love I love hearing from you. Don't we all? Don't we all? And uh, Marilyn? Yes, you did mention one of them, but you can also go to MarilynTurk.com. My name, M-A-R-I-L-Y-N-T-U-L-K.com. I also have a Facebook author page at Marilyn Turk Author. And I, I do have Pinterest and Goodreads and author page on Amazon and what else. <laughs> All those yeah. things. Yeah, I, I, I have – uh, uh, it's good to get an author page on Amazon – uh, I've had one up for quite a while. And another good thing to do is get an author page on BookBub because oh, yeah. uh, when you do that uh, and people begin to, uh, the other authors begin to to uh, recommend your books, this will get you uh, an, closer to being able to be on Bookbub's uh, uh, when they when they send out the lists uh, to the different that's that's where you can get a lot of a lot of followers and fans if if you do Bookbub and and work it right. So uh, how how did you get your story? Uh, how did you get the story for the book? Candace, when when you um, I, first go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say um, I had read a couple of uh, other stories set at that Prescott Lighthouse. Um, a couple of them were by Jody Headland, and when I started researching which lighthouse that I wanted to use, I just that's the one I kept coming back to. Um, it's not too far from Peg. Uh, we're critique partners, and so I was kind of hoping that we could sneak in a little visit up there at the same time, but it just didn't work out. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been nice, yes. That would have, it would have. Yeah. Uh, if I remember right, now see, remember we did the proposal like three years ago, and they bought it two years after we had sent it in. And I, had, I had given up on it. Had you guys given up on it? I thought I thought they had just you know it wasn't one they wanted. I had a- almost forgotten about it, and when I, uh, Carrie contacted me, it was like, "Wow, are you kidding me?" <laughs> but wasn't Carrie the one that put this together, or did you and Carrie Peg did who, who actually actually I did this one. This was this was okay. my brainchild. I'm the uh, I'm the one who loves the Great Lakes. Cool. 
cool. Well, I, I knew that you, you and Carrie were the ones kind of who contacted me. And I didn't, re, you know, I didn't know for sure how it came about. But uh, I, I really thought long and hard about whether to do it. Uh, I, I've been to Minnesota in, um, because I have uh, relatives there. And I've been to, uh, what is it, Wisconsin? Wisconsin between Michigan and Minnesota? Correct. Okay. I've been to Wisconsin because one of my relatives lived there. It's been, you know, decades ago. And I I was like, I have, for most of my writing life, because uh, when I, you know, writing for Barber, which I started out just writing for Barber, with uh, heart songs and then the novella collections, they they often wanted you to do something, and they would give you the setting, the place, and they often were not anywhere I had been. So I'd learned to do a lot of research, and I learned how to find things. But I really wanted to do it. I love I love lighthouses. Um, I actually have really never been to a lighthouse, but I there I think there is one on the on the Bolivar Peninsula now down near Galveston. We were going to go when we went to Galveston, but I didn't. We didn't do that. But I did want to do a lighthouse thing, so I was glad to be in this. Thank you for including me, Peg. How did you get your your idea? Well, I'm. Um a self-professed boat nerd. My husband, my son, and I, we enjoy watching the freighters, and we've gotten into studying the shipwrecks. And I knew about the wreck of the James Davidson, and I thought uh-huh. it would be an interesting way to start a lighthouse story would be with a shipwreck. And uh did a little research into it and decide, tried to find out who would be a good stowaway going from uh, Buffalo, New York, to Duluth, Minnesota in 1883, Duluth was developing into a farming community, so then I looked at what immigrants were uh, big into farming at that particular time, and it turned out to be Russian. So then I uh knew that my hero was going to be Russian, and I had to do, like you, a ton of research. I knew nothing about Russian. I I knew about (laughs) the pogroms over there, what they were, but I knew very little about them, so I had to do a lot of reading as well to bring that about. Yeah, Uh I I wrote a uh Christmas novel this year for a publisher that contacted my agent and wanted someone to write this uh, it's the twelve gifts of Christmas and the hero is Scottish and I did a lot of research into Scottish and so actually the new collection that we're talking about the hero's going to be Scottish because I've I've got enough research to make him real too. Uh, research research is the lifeblood of my stories. It really is. Even this Twelve Gifts of Christmas is a, a contemporary, and I have friends who say, "Well, I write contemporary because I don't have to write do research." I write contemporary too, and I do research. For it, I, I, I don't know how they 
get by without doing research. But anyway, Rebecca, how did you, your story come about? Well, for some reason, when I pictured a lighthouse, the first thought that popped into my head was a baby left at a lighthouse. Ooh, there's a story there. So um, really, that's I like, <laughs> that's it. I like that concept. I really do. I'm eager to read your story. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, thank you very much. The reason I picked Old Mission um, Lighthouse was because I needed one that had been around quite a long time because if she was raised at the lighthouse and my story starts when she's, whatever, I don't remember, 20, then the lighthouse needs to have been in existence for a while to keep within Barber's um, time frame guidelines of what year and what setting. Uh So that's why I picked Old Mission because it's... Cool. Cool. I like that. Uh, let's see. Marilyn, how did yours come about? Well, uh, as a lighthouse nut, and I wrote a lighthouse blog for five years consistently, which is still up there. I do occasionally post on it, but it takes so much time away from writing books, so I had to kind of let up on the blog. But I've done a research and of course so many of these lighthouses are put there because of the dangers and and the shipwreck and it was a pretty common occurrence that someone would get shipwrecked or drowned and at the same time I um, experienced in my own life as often we do a situation where someone was grieving and um, blamed someone else you know, for being alive, which, you know, sometimes it happens in class. And yeah. um, I had to think about, you know, what if that happened at a lighthouse where someone, um, you know, a survivor came back, but it wasn't the survivor that that person was looking for, you know? Um, yeah. So that that kind of, you know, I guess it came out of my own uh a situation, but also I knew the place it had to happen because that lighthouse just was in my mind having been there. And you talk uh-huh. about how hard it is to write a novella, the the passage of time can't be too long. So yeah. um, that story, you kind of had to have something pre-existing, you know. So um, that's how my story came about. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Lena, I looked up the, on a website called lighthousefriends.com, and it looks like there are five lighthouses still uh, um, on the coast of Texas. So you still can go see Oh, there are five on the coast of Texas. Okay. Yeah, I probably – oh, wait a minute. You know what? I Come to think of it, we went down to um, – Oh, I can't even think of the name of the barrier islands that's down right at the tip of Texas. I think there is. I think there is. I think there is a lighthouse there. We didn't go Matagorda? in it, huh? Port Mata- Isabel or Matagorda? Matagorda? Yes, yes. That's an island. Uh, yeah, we didn't go in it. We just drove by it. So I have seen. I have seen one <laughs> with my own eyes. <laughs> uh, 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 somehow lighthouses i i became interested in lighthouses when i read 
some novels years ago that, you know, someone had written on lighthouses. And I know that I've, I've, every time there's something in in a magazine or on a website or something, well, website more recently, about a lighthouse, uh, a few years, oh, probably uh, 10 or 12 years ago, there was a lighthouse, I think, in, in on the West Coast that they had for sale, that you could buy yes. the lighthouse. And oh, I'm yeah. like, There's a lighthouse. wow, wouldn't that be fun <laughs> to yes. buy a lighthouse and, and uh, live there? Uh, but anyway, yeah. In the, I, Lena, in the Great Lakes, there are actually entire islands for sale. Uh, with lighthouses on them. Yeah. Wow. A whole island. Yeah. Wow. I would like that. Go ahead. The government puts them on an excess list, and they take bids for them, but they cost so much money to maintain, most people can't afford to do it. Right. when, uh, When we went on... Our first cruise, I think, or the second one, I can't remember. We've been on two cruises of the Caribbean. Um, and there, when when we enjoyed it so much, being there in in that area, and uh, soon after, there was an island that was that was uh, that came for sale, and and it was a. a it was a single owner kind of island, but it was uh, had house and all kind er, everything that was needed uh, on an island. And James said, "You know, if we had the money, we could buy that because you can ride anywhere you are." I said, <laughs> "Oh yeah, dream on! I would love to do that, <laughs> but I might not love it with uh, with hurricanes coming by, you know." <laughs> <laughs> who's in who's in Florida? Which of you are Maryland. in Florida? Maryland. Yes. Yeah. It's, yes. It's, hurricanes coming by is is not a pleasant thing, is it? No, I'm I'm so used to it because I grew up in Louisiana and I've been oh. living in Florida <laughs> for like 15 years. So we we refer to times as names of hurricanes. Like, do you remember yeah. when? Andrew here or whatever the, the time period has is a person is a name of a hurricane. So, I know. Well, that's, way, that's kind of, you mentioned it's something about doing without internet and cell phone service. Um, yeah. Our friends just about fifty miles to the east of us are without power, cell phone service, water. I mean, they Panama City has been devastated. And east oh, of I them, know. And, you know, know, so many I people would... from here are trying to help them, and then some of them are coming over here to live temporarily and put their kids in schools over here because there's nothing there. There's just it's amazing. Oh no, Mexico Beach and and the uh, Panama that yeah. they were Mexico but... Beach is to the east of Panama City, so. Panama City is to well, the east of where I live, and Mexico Beach is to the east of that. And those are like Mexico Beach, Apalachicola, Port St. Joe. All those yeah. places were just wiped out because they're little beach towns anyway, you know? Yeah. So they didn't have a whole lot to start with. 
Well, that's kind of like when Katrina hit. And, yeah, we we do the the uh, hurricanes, you know, by hurricane here. Uh, we have a lot of people who live in the Metroplex now who came from uh, Katrina and the and the one right after Katrina. I'm trying, I can't remember the name of it. But uh, actually, the uh, 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 ACFW chapter yes. is, na- is named uh, Riders on the Storm. Oh, because, really? Because of that they were hit by all of that. Uh, and, and I think, I think, pro, I think there were something like 20 or 30,000 people who came to the Metroplex for, uh, to, till all of that was over with. Uh, and I mean, there were a bunch more that came and then they went back, but I don't know, 20 or 30,000 settled here started yeah. businesses, you know, and live here now have and have integrated into our society, which is a, a really good thing uh, because mm-hmm. we, we, we meld together, you know, uh, we have more, we have a lot more uh, Cajun restaurants, you know, because yeah. from those that came from Louisiana during, yeah. uh, yeah, uh, that's that's a good thing. It's a it's and a good know, thing. Getting back, the, getting back to the Great Lakes, one of the things that I was really surprised at, never having seen the Great Lakes before we went up there, is how huge they are. And they look to me just like an ocean. And the fact that those storms can come up so fast in the Great Lakes is just really a surprise to me because I watch weather systems across the Gulf, but that's... I mean, a storm can come up in the Great Lakes in a day, in, you know. It's just yeah, crazy. yeah. Well, because of their names, Great Lakes, uh, a lot of people who don't live in that part of the country have no concept of the size. Uh, you know, they're the Great Lakes, and I think the Great Salt Lake in Utah are the only lakes in the United States that can be seen from from space station. Mm, but they're so yeah. big, they can be seen from that. Um, I always wish when I meet that James- people who when I meet people who aren't familiar with the Great Lakes, and I've lived here all my life almost. Um, one of the things that really boggles them, and, and people will ask me, "Can you see across them?" And I said, no, you can't. <laughs> but I get that question you... a lot. You, mean you can't see across them. And, uh, I did spend four years out in Kansas, and, and people could not conceive of water called a lake that they couldn't see across. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand. Uh, that, that back when we were younger, we, you know, you have your dreams and plans that, you know, may not ever happen, and they didn't. But we wanted to uh, travel and get a get a an, a good RV and travel to each state and visit their their 
scenic things that were their natural things. Uh, we weren't able to do that, but I see them in virtual reality <laughs> now by uh, when I'm doing research because you know you can get you can get videos. You can I I'm thinking about I want to get one of those uh, virtual reality things that you put your you put your cell phone in and you can get where you are actually you feel like you're in the place and you turn around and it shows I'm, I want to get that for research so that when I'm going to have a setting instead of just looking at pictures or a video and and having no control over it, I would like to do that so I can see the the virtual reality of it, uh, which would make me feel like I was there, I'm sure. Well, I have enjoyed our visit a lot. Um, is there anything that you would like to tell our listeners, Candace? Um, you can pre-order our book now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, some of the major retailers. Um, give it a shot. I think you'll really enjoy it. We're getting some really good reviews on Goodreads. I mean, I've I've been reading. There's quite a few really good reviews of them. Peg, anything you want to tell our listeners? Um, my my purpose for uh, putting together this collection and and offering it to Barbara was to showcase the Great Lakes because it's not an area where a lot of stories are set. Um, Barbara's pretty much known for his prairie romances, so they pushed the envelope a little to take us on in this one. And I hope people will pick it up and get a, um, a feel for a different type of life than just uh, what happened on the prairie. Yes. Uh, Rebecca, what would you like to tell the listeners? Well, I'd like to say, and I don't know um, if this is the same for every author, but I, I think a lot of a lot of us, on this book probably. Um, there's something on our heart that we want to share too with these books. I know um, with each story I, I, I pray through, you know, what, what might I be able to share with someone um, from my life that might be meaningful? And so just keep your eyes open for um, just to be inspired as you read. Yes, that's true. So, okay, uh, Marilyn? Yes, well, I also want to thank Peg that um, I was invited to be part of this collection. And having my penchant for lighthouses, of course, I was just really glad that it fits in this book. And um, I agree with it, what everyone else said. And if, I'd love for our readers to, um, to write a review when they get through reading the book because it means a lot to, to us writers to know what you think and what you like and that sort of thing. Oh yes, reviews are such a blessing. When when I get a a, a good review, uh, it it's just such a blessing to my heart. It's a blessing because other people see it, and it encourages other people to try our books. Uh, that is the best gift you can give to an author that you want to bless. Isn't that right? Yes, absolutely. Well, so we're about to uh, run out of time. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun to to have a collection group together and do one of these shows. Thank you for joining me. Thank, thank you for you having us. us. 
Thank All you for righty. doing this. Oh, well, it, it was fun, fun, fun for me. That's for sure. <laughs> 